Welcome to the podcast of Scott Street MB Church. We hope you find this message inspiring and encouraging in your walk as a disciple of our Lord Jesus Christ. I can't recall us ever canceling our picnic. I remember many a time being out in the park in the rain. Um, but this morning I thought, you know what? None of us want that, right? And so here we are. And I'm glad that all of you were able to make it. Um, and it's, it's so good to be together. Um, yeah, I'm not sure about you, but the older I get, the quicker time seems to fly by. It honestly feels like we just said goodbye to 2017 and said hello to 2018. And yet here we are at the end of June, halfway through this new year. How did this happen? Um, I fully get that a lot of you look at me and think, oh, Sabrina, so young and naive, you have no idea how quick it gets. <laughs> Um, And I don't doubt that because I have very much come to realize that the older I get, the quicker time seems to go. Um, If our kids were still here and I asked them if they know what I'm talking about, I'm fairly certain I'd get nothing but blank looks from them because I can so clearly recall being a kid and waiting and wishing for the end of the school year to just come already. Or thinking, why is Christmas always so far away and so slow in coming? Um, Time is indeed a funny thing. But for better or for worse, the truth is that we're now halfway through this year. Um, We started this year off by taking a long and hard look at who we are as a church. The important and very specific mission that God has given to us of being a family a community of people brought together by God who love him fully and wholly and love others the way that God has loved us. And the reason that we spent time exploring this and talking about this, um, talking through both what it means and how we can work towards accomplishing it, is because we want to be faithful to the God who created us, knows us, and loves us, The God who calls us his own and asks us to join in the work he's doing to bring healing and hope to the world. The God who invites us to be part of bringing his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. We believe that God has given us an important role to play in this world. And because we believe this, we believe that it's important for us to be clear about what that role is and work intentionally, wisely, and diligently to accomplish it. And this makes me think of the parable of the talents. Um, A man goes on a long, long journey, but before he goes, he calls his workers to himself, and he entrusts his wealth to them, giving five bags of gold to the one, giving two bags to another, and giving one bag to the last. And he tasks each of these workers with being faithful in using what he's given to them as he goes on his way. Um, And after a long, long time, the man returns. And what does he find when he returns? He calls his three workers back to himself to see what they've accomplished. And he finds that the worker who he gave five bags of gold to has doubled it and now has ten bags to give back to him. Oh, this is wonderful, the man says as he praises his worker and invites him to come and share in his happiness. Well done, my good and faithful servant. 
The one to whom he gave two bags has also doubled what he was given and now has four bags to return. And he's also celebrated and praised and welcomed to share in the man's happiness. But the last worker comes to the man with just that one bag that he had been given so long ago when the man had had left on his journey. And the bag is looking a little worse for wear. Uh, And he explains that rather than risk losing it, he had buried it in the ground hiding it from sight, and doing nothing to further it and see it grow. After all of these years, he's done nothing with the task that he'd been given to further the work and make it flourish. All he'd done was hide it away where no one could find it. Clearly saddened and frustrated that his worker hadn't stepped up to fulfill the mission he'd been given, the man takes the bag of gold and he sends him away. So the reason why it's important for us to be clear about the mission and task that God has given to us is so that we can work intentionally, wisely, and diligently to accomplish it. When we stand before Jesus, we want to be the ones who are welcomed with open arms to celebrate with him, rather than the ones who did nothing with what they'd been given and are sent away. So we know what our mission is, right? To be a family who loves God and loves others. In the new year, we started exploring what this means and how we can accomplish the task given to us. And this really seemed to resonate with a lot of people. And together we said, yes, this is who God has called us to be. And this is what we want to work towards. And today, halfway through this year, I want to take time to do a bit of a six-month review Let's remind ourselves of the task that we've been given, some of the ways we thought we could work on it, and see if we are indeed going in the right direction. Um, There aren't a lot of my my former youth leaders here, but those, Phil, uh, you worked with me in youth ministry. And so, I mean, this is a familiar process that every year we would do in, in our youth ministry, quarterly, four times a year, we would take time to review what are our goals, what are the awesome things we're seeing God do and the ways we've been growing, and what are the problem areas that we should be aware of and things we could be doing better. Um, to be the best that we can be and ensure that we're growing and moving in the right direction, it's important for us to be intentional and aware of what's going on. And it's important to take time to remember what we're working towards. Celebrate the good things we see and be aware of the areas we need to grow in. So the first part of our mission statement, I hope that you all know it already. We talk about it quite a lot. Um, so the first part says that we are a family. Now, for anyone new here or anyone unfamiliar with Christianity, that doesn't actually mean that we're all biologically related, sharing the same DNA. That would be pretty creepy. (laughs) Although, for those of us who are culturally Mennonite, truth be told, there are quite a few relations here. I was talking with some women just a few weeks ago at our church barbecue, and some of you are particularly gifted in knowing all of the backstories and making those connections about who's related to who. Um, just this week, I learned some new connections. Dennis, Lorraine, and Haldine, and Gita, they're all related. I had no idea. Who knew, right? <laughs> Not I. <laughs> Um, Anyhow, that's not actually what we mean when we say that we're a family. We live in a time and a place where people live in isolation. 
There are many contributing social and cultural factors to this, and studies and even our own observations of the world we live in show us that the vast majority of people in the Western world feel alone today. But right from the start of Scripture, we see that God's plan for his creation was always for his people to live together in community. It was not good for man to be alone. And part of the beauty of God's redemption plan, God entering into his creation as a human being to live and die and rise again, is that it shows us just how great his love for us is. And it brings us back into relationship both with him and with each other. We become sons and daughters of Abba, God, our Father. We become brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, In the translation, the message, I'm going to read Hebrews 2, verse 10 to 13. And I'm reading it in this translation because it's a bit of a tricky um, passage, and this puts it in our everyday language. So it says, since the one who saves, since Jesus, and those who are saved, that's us, have a common origin, Jesus doesn't hesitate to treat them as family, saying, I'll tell my brothers and sisters all that I know about you, God. I'll join them in worship and praise to you. Again, he puts himself in the same family circle when he says, even I live by placing my trust in God. And yet again, I'm here with the children God gave me. In, in one of his letters, the Apostle John is reminding his church of God's great love for us and of this familial um, relationship. And he says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. When we give our lives to God, we become his children and, and join his family And Paul tells us in Romans that we're not just some distant family who doesn't talk to each other. We belong to each other. We are like a body, the same way that a body is made up of lots of different parts, fingers, toes, knees, eyeballs, noses, hair, hearts, lungs, brain, that are all dependent on each other and working together. They're pretty useless on their own, right? But together, they make up a fully functioning and healthy body that can do amazing things. Just like that, even though we are different from each other, we need each other. We don't function the way that we were meant to function when we're on our own. But together, we make up something beautiful as we care for each other and give room for each person to use the strengths and gifts that they were given. We are children of God, brothers and sisters in Christ. We belong to each other. We are a family. So, how have we done with the important task that God has given to us of being a family? After six months of talking about this and working towards it, how have we gotten any better at caring for each other? At really looking at each other with all of our differences and choosing to love each other? What are some of the ways that you've tried to work on helping us grow as a family? What are some areas that we definitely need to do some work on still? Um, I'm asking these questions, um, but I really want you to think through that. What, how can we become the best family that we can be? And what are some areas that we still need to work on? 
Um, I find that it's super easy for people, myself included, to be critical and say, great, that's a great idea, but I don't actually see that happening here. That's not my experience. And you know what? Maybe that is true. I mean, to be honest, I have seen a lot of growth in our church over this past year. I feel a sense of unity here that I haven't always felt, and it's beautiful. Um, Through things like the monthly potlucks where we share a meal around a table, I've seen people interacting with people they don't normally do that with. Um, Through our family life hour classes um, where people of all ages are sitting around a table together reading and studying scripture. Um, The volunteer barbecue that we had just a few weeks ago, volunteers from so many different areas of service in our church coming together to just have fun and celebrate being on this journey with Jesus together. Um, I love it. I've seen people step out of just talking to the people they're comfortable with and instead choosing to connect with people of a different age or a different cultural background, and I love it. Um, even our plan this summer, you know what, we've never done services that I can remember where, where we've invited our kids to join us and we've thought consciously about how to include every member of our family in our worship service so that together we can praise God. But I'm excited to see what that looks like and, and to figure out how we can create a space for us to all worship together. Um, but it's true, this is still an area that we could grow in. And so my question to you is, what are some things that you can do to start caring for members of your church family that you don't currently know? Because this task and this mission belongs to all of us, to each one of us, and we all have a responsibility to help fulfill it. So I challenge you to think about that and pray about that and step out of your comfort zone um, to help us work towards becoming the family that God calls us to be loving and caring for each other. We are a family. Um, The second part of our important mission is that we love God. Scripture tells us that the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. With every part of who you are, you are to love God. Scripture tells us that God created each one of us He knit you together in your mother's womb. His eyes saw your unformed body before you even came into being. Every moment and every day of your life was known by him. Through every good and victorious day, he was there celebrating and rejoicing with you. And through every hard and heartbreaking experience you've encountered, he's there mourning and grieving along with you the brokenness and pain that you experience in this fallen world. And his greatest desire is that you would turn to him and know him and give your life to him so that he could do a mighty work in and through your life. God knows you and he loves you. He has a plan and a purpose for each one of you. And if you're willing to give your life to him, then through the power of the Holy Spirit, you will become a new creation. This God who is for you and sacrificed himself to give you new life is so worthy of your love and praise and adoration. And if you believe that, if you've given your life to him, then you are called to love him, to give him every part of your being, heart, soul, mind, and strength. Six months ago when we looked at this, we saw that to learn how to actively grow in our love for God, we can actually look at the ways we actively show love 
to the people in our lives. And Rodney showed us that we can actually use the principles of the five love languages in learning how to love God. So we can spend quality time with him, reading his word, praying, learning how to hear his voice and be in a proper, real, active, living relationship with him. Um, We can give him our praise, our words of affirmation, thanking him for who he is and what he's done for us. Uh, We give him um, gifts of our time, our talents, our money, giving back to him what he has given to us. Um, We perform acts of service for him, living obediently, caring for the earth and the people the way that he asks us to. Um, And physical touch, offering our whole body, every part of our lives, as a living sacrifice to him. We are called to love God. This all starts when we say a prayer and give our lives to him. But that's step one in an entire lifetime of getting to know him better. Learning more about who this great God is and what it means to follow him. And it's up to us to make sure that we're growing in that. So, how have we done in this area over the past six months as a church and as individuals? Are we a church who loves God? Are you a person who loves God? What are some ways that you've grown in your relationship with him? And what are some areas that, if you think about it, you you see that maybe you need to grow and change when it comes to, to loving God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Not just hearing God's word, but actively putting it into practice. Actively loving him with every part of who you are. And again, I I want you to take some time to think about that. How are we succeeding in this part of our mission? What are some areas or ways in which we could do better as individuals and as a church? Um, And lastly, the third part of our mission is to love others. All throughout scripture, we see that the most important thing for God's children is to love him. And the second most important thing always is for us to love others, sharing God's great love with them. We see this in the Old Testament when God called Abraham out and promised to make him a nation, blessing them so that they could be a blessing to the nations around them. We see this in the Old Testament law when God told them to welcome foreigners and strangers who came to them. We see this so clearly when Jesus told them to love their neighbors as they, told, as they love themselves. And not just love those who are easy to love, but to love even their enemies with a sacrificial and costly love. And then throughout the rest of the New Testament, we see again that the sign of a true follower of Christ is the way that they love, the way they show their love to others and to strangers. They will know we are Christian by our love. It's through our good deeds that people will praise our Father who is in heaven. This is a hard love to live out. Everything in our world trains us and tells us to look out for ourselves, look out for number one, to fight for what we want and what's best for us. But Jesus taught us that to be great in his kingdom, we have to be last. We have to become a servant of others. That in the same way that he humbled himself to save us, we are to humble ourselves and care for others. I'm not going to lie, this is a hard love. (laughs) There are many times when I'm tired and I wish I could just retreat inwardly, stop caring about what others, others need and make the selfish choice instead 
But that isn't the way that Jesus taught us to live. He said to love each other the way that he has loved us. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for others. We do this, we live this sacrificial love because just like God loves you and me, with this beautiful and great and overwhelming and humbling love, God loves each of the people he has created with this love. And just like he sacrificed himself so that you and I could be saved and brought back into relationship with him, his desire is for each one of his created people to be in relationship with him, to know him and to experience the healing, saving grace that he died to bring them. Part of the mission that God has given to us is to love others. How are we doing with this? What are some ways that we've seen God work in and through us as we lived out his call to love others? What are some ways that we need to grow in this? What are some ways that you can help love others in your life? And how can you help us as a church share God's love with others? Again, this is hard. It means putting aside some of our own wants and needs in order to serve and meet the needs of others. But this is what God calls us to do, and it's part of the important task that he's entrusted to us. And in order for us to do it well, we all need to be part of it. It can't just be one person or a handful of people, but it needs to be each one of us seeking God and asking him how he's called us to share his love with others. And that won't look the same as for me using the gifts and talents that God has given to me as it'll look for you using the gifts and talents that God has given to you. We're each created differently, and God knows that. But in all of our individuality, the unique gifts that God has given to each one of us, he calls us to love others, and there are no exceptions to that. We, Scott Street Mennonite Brethren Church, have been called to be a family who loves God and loves others. It has been a joy to see us work towards this over the past six months, And I fully recognize and acknowledge that we have a long 75-year history and heritage of being God's family who loves him and loves others. God has done some amazing things in and through us throughout these past 75 years, and let's continue building on that legacy. It's so clear to me that God isn't finished with us yet. But let's not become weary in doing good. Let's stand firm in the calling that God has given to us until the day of completion. Corporately, that means together, let's continue to intelligently, diligently, and wisely work towards accomplishing the task that God has given to us. So that when the day comes, when we're standing before him, showing him the work we've done on his behalf, we can hear those words we long to hear. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with what I've given to you. Come and share in my happiness. Um, Bow with me in prayer. Father, I, I thank you that you are a good and loving God who is who has always been and always will be. And and God, you scripture tells us that you are love. And God, you created us so that you could show, show us that love. And so God, I thank you for each one of my brothers and sisters here this morning. I thank you um, 
yeah, for the way that you have been at work in and through Scott Street Mennonite Brethren Church from, from the day this church began. I thank you that we are now the ones that you entrust to further your work through this church um, today. Yeah, God, I thank you for the ways that you work in our lives. I thank you for the fact that you have brought us together as your children. Um, we don't choose the brothers and sisters that, that you put us together with, but, but God, you and your sovereignty know um, who we need. And God, I thank you that we belong to each other. I pray that you would show us more and more how to care for each other in the way that you call us to. I pray as well that as a church and as individuals, we would constantly be growing in our understanding of who you are and what it means to worship you and love you. I pray that, that we would always be learning more of how to love you wholly and fully with every part of who we are. I pray that, Holy Spirit, we, we would be conscious and aware of you at work around us. Yeah, I pray even for our brothers and sisters who aren't here this morning, God. I pray that wherever they are, that they would know your love in a very real and tangible way, that they would know that your peace and your love is, is surrounding them. And God, I pray that as, as we live out your call to love our neighbors as ourselves, to love even our enemies, I pray that you would, yeah, show us more of what that looks like. And you, it doesn't look the same for all of us. It, it looks different based on who you created us to be. And so, God, for each one of us, I pray that we would um, come to a place where we understand the gifts that you've given to us and that we would be able to use the gifts you've given in order to love those around us. Yeah, I thank you that you invite us on this journey of living life for you and with you. That it's because of your great love for us, the sacrifice that you made on our behalf, that we can come to you. Yeah, I thank you for the way that you work. And God, I pray that these next 75 years of our church's history would be um, yeah, just as epic as, as the first 75 years. That we would see you do great things in our own lives and in the lives of everyone that we encounter. listening. For any questions about the message or to contact any of our pastors, please visit scottstreetchurch.ca.